Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. Well, good morning. We're glad that you're here. Um, We are wrapping up our series Mind Monsters this morning. I need your help. Um, How many of you realize, I've learned, you know, the Bible, this is not my introduction, but I'm going to do this anyway. I feel led to do this. You know, the Bible talks about a group of men in the Old Testament, the sons of Issachar who discerned the times. They knew the times and seasons. That's what set them apart. And I just really sense, I've, I've sensed for weeks now that God is really up to something. There's only one dilemma with that, one challenge with that, and that is, especially when you're starting to, when you're dealing with the stuff we've been dealing with, uh, y'all do know that when the enemy takes territory, he doesn't give it back willingly, right? And so you are in store for a fight, and we've seen that going on around here. If you didn't recognize, I'm not saying the devil uh, drove through our awning, I'm just saying... Uh, <laughs> Although, (laughs) uh, I I am saying that he does try to utilize stuff like that to distract us, to inconvenience us to the point that we get our minds and our hearts off of what matters. And so I need you to lean in this morning. I need you to help me preach. Otherwise, I'm going to hurt myself because I know what we're going to deal with today. And I got some stuff for you, all right? And so um, I need you to help me to, to deliver this. We've been talking about uh, mind monsters, the idea that uh, based on the Monsters, Inc. movie that there are, uh, there's, there's this scare factory that's still in effect to this day. I won't go back through the movie. You're aware of it. But you also do recognize that out of that movie, the issue was that the monsters had entry points to people's lives, these little kids' lives. And what we've been trying to do is to cut off the entry points of the mind monsters that have controlled us for so long. Those monsters were set up in the garden. Adam and Eve fell and believed that Satan was telling them the truth when actually he was telling them lies. So then Paul comes along in Romans chapter 5 and verse 12 and says that they passed their sins down to us. That's why we so desperately need a Savior because we're born into this world fallen and we need someone to rescue us and we cannot rescue ourselves. Anybody want to testify this morning that you cannot rescue yourselves? And so Jesus comes along to help us because in the garden, we didn't just lose dominion, relationship, authority. We lost what? Our mind. You've been waiting all week long to tell somebody this. Look at them one more time, one last time, and say, you've lost your mind. Come on, tell them. Tell them you've you've been just waiting, just waiting for today, just waiting for today. So Jesus shows up, we sang it, he's determined to restore and redeem everything that we lost. How many of you know that Jesus is the ultimate lost and found guy? He, he helps us to find everything we lost. So that, now he steps into our world and our situation and he makes a declaration for us. He tells us we have a part to play. He declares it like this in Matthew chapter 22, verse 37. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all of your Mind, yeah, we got to get our mind right. I just need to tell somebody this morning. I'm deter- I, I've determined. I, I recognize. I realize that you will come out of uh, out of defeat. You will come out of uh, addiction. You will come out of brokenness. You will come out of all the stuff that you need to come out of head first. You've got to get your mind right. Once you get your mind, hey, there are there are some secular songs that do get a few things right. If you get your mind free, your your life will follow. Some of y'all don't know. Okay, so 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 we understand that Paul 
knew that he says you follow and serve the Lord with your mind. So we understand we're going to have a new heart, a, a saved, a saved soul, and still think the way we used to think because Adam and Eve fell to principalities, principles that were set up in our mind, and so we need to con confront those principles because Jesus declares that we can live in peace. Are you ready? Are you ready? It's going to get tight up in here this morning. Genesis. Let's go back one more time. Genesis is where we've been spending our time. Genesis chapter 4. Notice we've moved forward a little bit. Genesis chapter 4 says this, and beginning in verse 1, Adam had relations with his wife Eve, and she conceived, and she gave birth to Cain and said, I have gotten a man with the help of the Lord. Some of y'all ladies have been wanting to say that. Never mind. Then she gave, that's a different, okay. Then she gave birth again to his brother, oh, Lord, help me. Then she gave birth again to his brother Abel, and Abel was a keeper of the flocks, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the course of time, Cain brought an offering to the Lord of the fruit of the ground, and Abel also brought the firstborn of his flock and of their flat, fat portions. And the Lord had respect for Abel and for his offering, but for Cain and for his offering, he did not have respect. And Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. And the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your countenance fallen? If you do well, shall you not be accepted? But if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. It desires to dominate you, but you must rule over it. And Cain told Abel his brother, and it came about that when they were in the field, that Cain rose up against his brother Abel and killed him. And the Lord said to Cain, where is Abel your brother? And he said, I do not know. Here's an important question this morning. Am I my brother's keeper? So, so, so let, me, let, me, let, me, let me just stop right here. Before we dive too deep into this, I just need to, just as a sidetrack for just a moment, can I just show you one more time and, 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 and implore you one, time, one more time that it is absolutely necessary, absolutely essential, it's a matter of life and death, that we deal with the mind monsters that set up in our minds because here is biblical proof that if you do not, you will pass them down to your lineage. Can't get no help already. Adam and Eve failed to combat their mind monsters and surprise, their children now are impacted by the mind monsters that have been given rule and reign. I've already uh, referred to Romans chapter five, verse 12 that says that spiritual, there's this spiritual truth here that parents can pass down mind monsters if you don't deal with it because Adam and Eve sin, sinned and they passed their sin down to us and then we're, we see again that those same things can be passed down and I just, I just came to declare this morning that I'm not on my watch. I, I just made up my mind. I don't know what you're in here for and I don't know why you came, but Steve's and Julie showed up today to make a declaration before God and everybody that not on my watch. I, I'm going to deal with the mind monsters that have set themselves up in my mind so that my boys don't have to deal one more second with the mind monster that's been ruling and reigning in my life. I declare today, I go to war today. I make a, I draw a line in the sand and say, not today, Satan. You're not going to have my children and I'm going to deal with my mind monsters so that they're not passed down 
to my boys and to the grandchildren that will come one day. I declare, no, 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 no. You can't have them because I'm going to uproot you and unsettle you in my mind so that you, do I have any man, any woman in the house that would make the declaration that I refuse to allow that mind monster to deal with Micah? I'll cut it off right now. I, I destroy him right now because I recognize this is not just about me. It's about those who come after me. Yeah, and, and may I also mention, you say, well, I don't have any natural children. Well, the, the, I, I, I just got to ask you a question. Are Adam and Eve your natural parents? No, they're your spiritual parents. So some of you need to stand up in the spiritual realm and draw a line in the sand for your spiritual sons and daughters that are coming up behind you and say, I will war for them. I need some people that are ready to fight for the next generation to stop the scream cycle, to slay mind monsters once and for all so that maybe I dealt with it. Maybe I had to fight through it, but I want them to walk and operate in freedom for the rest of their lives. I want you to notice something out of this account. Cain responds to his failed sacrifice with anger and offense. It would seem then that uh, if you make the logical conclusion, it would seem then that the monster that we should deal with this morning would be anger, right? Uh, it would seem like that's the monster we need to address. Some of you have been running around mad at the world. Uh, uh, it's been said that this generation is the most offended generation that's ever walked the planet. I know it's been said because I said it. All right, someone is always, <laughs> someone's always mad at something. Somebody's always mad at somebody. We will pro, they're protesting the bullpen. In, okay, y'all don't know, some of y'all don't know. We will protest anything. It's the most angry, frustrated, offended, Offended generation that is that's ever walked the planet. But I need you to remember something just one moment. I need to remind you this morning that anger is a secondary emotion. Okay, I'm going to help somebody here this morning. I'm determined. It isn't a primary emotion. It's a secondary emotion. Anger is the result of a trigger. Something else causes anger. I believe that Cain's story pulls the cover back on a deadly mind monster that too many of us are battling. And while it's destroying us, what we think is we've got an anger issue. Some of you think you've got an anger issue because you get mad all the time. But we need to dive a little deeper. We need to pull the covers back and recognize that anger is a secondary emotion. There's something that's triggering it. And Cain's story teaches us, for the most part, not always, but for the most part, what triggers anger. Because see, here's what I need you to understand. I think the mind monster that one of the principles that's been established in our mind is the mind monster to the principle of rejection. It starts early. Red Rover, Red Rover. Nobody chose me for the team. So Cain gets angry, but his anger is a result of or a response to his belief that God has not only rejected his offering, but that God has turned his nose up at him as well. And then out of that, out of this rejection, it causes Cain to lose his mind and he kills his own brother. Out of 
his response. I need to help you because you, if you're not careful, you cannot identify this mind monster. A lot of the mind monsters we've dealt with are obvious. They operate out in the wide open. Everybody knows that you've got a problem with. Everybody knows if you would just listen to all the people around you, they would have told you that you had a problem with the stuff we've already talked about. But this one's different. This one operates in the shadows. This one operates behind the scenes. This one has this tendency to trigger other emotions. And so as we try to grow and mature, we want to deal with the other emotions, but we never deal with the root. All we're dealing with is with the fruit. But if we would deal with the root, then the fruit would, okay, somebody help me this morning. So, so, so he's operating. So I need to help you spotting. Can I just help you spot the mind monster of rejection in your life so that we can go root diving today? We're going to go for the root today and we're going to get rid of this thing. So he'll quit triggering all these other issues. Okay. So, so here it is here. Here's how you spot the mind monster of rejection when he's operating in your life. Rejection will cause you to reject those who are necessary. <laughs> okay, so, so, so Cain, check this out. Cain kills Abel when Abel could have helped Cain. Wait a minute. How do I know he could have helped? Because the Bible says that Abel recognized that there was an appropriate offering to be, bring to God and he offers a sacrifice and God approves of the sacrifice. Cain gets it wrong. Abel gets it right. So Cain could have gone to Abel and said, hey, bro, I need your help. I need your assistance. I didn't get this right. I made a mistake. Something went wrong. Something's out of sorts. I need your input. I need your influence. I need your instruction. Somebody help me this morning. Somebody, somebody understand this morning that Abel could have helped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Cain kills the one who was accepted and he buries him. He kills the one that could have provided him. Listen, check it out. He could, Abel could have provided the appropriate sacrifice to Cain. But Cain kills the one he needs. Okay, so that may not sound significant to you. But can I tell you, just, I'm just trying to be straight up, honest, transparent with you this morning. In the last 30 years of leading people, I've been in some realm of leadership for over 30 years now. I know that means I started when I was two. But, but some of y'all get that later this afternoon. Uh, but, but, but I've been leading and, and trying to help people in their spiritual walk for over 30 years now. Can I, can I tell you that, that, that I've never, I never remember a time, I never remember a season, a long prolonged season where I've seen as many people walk away and are so quick to dismiss, to sabotage, to slander relationships that they're going to need in the future. I can't get no help up in here because some of y'all have done this. <laughs> Can I just tell you this morning that, that there's, a, there's, a, there's th 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 this, this epidemic sweeping. Y'all think it's a different kind of, it's a, you, you want to call it a pandemic. I want to tell you there was an epidemic before there was a pandemic. The, the pandemic just solidified what has already taken place in the epidemic. Man, I'm preaching right now. This ain't even in my notes. I'm just telling you all that COVID did was solidify what had already been taking place which is we have begun to isolate ourselves to believe that we don't need nobody. 
And so we walk away. I'm heartbroken at the number of relationships that were God-given to bring assistance, that were God-given to bring instruction, that were God-given to bring discipline, that are thrown on the trash heap as unnecessary. And this is the real dilemma. People don't just exit those relationships. They kill them and they bury them. They burn the bridge that they're going to need to cross in the future. And then all of a sudden, when they have a need rise up in their life, and I don't know where to go, and I don't know what to do, and you begin to look around for help, the dilemma is this. You've killed the delivery system. It's quiet up in here. The information you needed was wrapped up in the relationship that you dismissed. Uh, the, the, the knowledge, the guidance, the mentorship, the spiritual insight was contained in the one that you blasted on Facebook to the degree that now they don't ever trust you again and they don't want anything to do with you. Ooh, that hit and came right on back. The result is this. People are bouncing from relationship to relationship, unable to find what they need because access has been cut off by how they left the role model that they needed. You better deal with the mind monster of rejection or you will reject relationships you will need. You will think they are trying to, you, you may think, well, they're trying to hurt me because they're calling sin, sin. Yes, they called sin, sin. That's not to hurt you, that's to help you. You, 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 you might think, well, but, 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 but they, they, they won't let me slough off. Yeah, they're, they're not sent to hurt you. They were sent to help you. The, the uncomfortable feeling you get around them is God utilizing them in your life, trying to mature you and develop you. And if you cut them off, you will struggle to get what you need. The mind monster rejection will cause you to think it's personal. Come on, y'all. Y'all looking at me? Uh, how, haven't you dealt with uh, people that are offended lately? Everybody's offended. Yeah, yeah, you, you, this is personal. This is offensive. And you will destroy the very relationships that were designed to develop you. In fact, I don't even have time to mess with this. I'm just going to mention it. You ought to go back and read Genesis chapter 4. After Cain kills Abel, God walks up and asks him, where's your brother? You know the response. Am I my brother's keeper? What you may not know, you need to go read it for yourself, is the punishment that was doled out to Cain. One of the punishments was this. He's, God says to him, you will wander, wander from here on out. Can I tell you this morning, that, that, that what we're seeing today is the fruit of that. People are devastated by a wandering spirit. Mm. Unsettled, no, no, no steadfastness, no rest. They're in one relationship and then another. They're in one small group and then another. They go from one church to another church and from one job to another job and one, one, one Facebook group to another Facebook group trying to find what they can't find because they're wondering because they've cut off and rejected every relationship in their life because they've got the mind monster of rejection opposite operating as a principle set up in their life and people are being devastated by wondering. Buddy, if you'd have stuck around and hung out with Abel just a little bit longer, you would have been rooted. If you'd have just stuck in the church just a little bit longer, you would have been rooted. If you would have stayed in the relationship just a little bit longer, the friendship, God would have used that friendship to bring things out of your life and develop you, but you killed them instead. 
because you're wandering. Notice, notice also from the account that Abel's sacrifice is accepted and Cain's was rejected. Why? He, Hebrews tells us that Abel's gift was offered in faith. So I just begin to ask the question, what's the difference between their gifts? Many believe that God had already given them instructions on what was the appropriate sacrifice. You say, well, I didn't read that. You don't have to read it. All you got to do is read when he gives them instructions about the tree. Because if he gives them instructions about the tree, why would he leave them guessing about what sacrifice is appropriate? Come on now. God doesn't play hide and seek with us. I believe God told them. So that's not the issue. What's the issue? Most believe this is the, the difference. The, 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 here's the difference. Cain is, is, uh, brings a, let me back up. Abel brings a sacrifice, a, uh, one of the animals, and he kills the animals and offers it. And the Bible says that God accepts it. I want you to recognize this. Abel had nothing to do with the production of that animal. Come on. He couldn't determine whether the animal was going to be born or not. But Cain brings the work of his hands. You don't have a crop unless you till the ground. You don't have a, a crop unless you, you plant seed. You don't have a crop unless you water the seed that you planted. And now all of a sudden, Cain rises up. And when a sacrifice is necessary, please don't miss this. He brings the work of his hands. So, uh, so, so, so when Hebrews says that Abel brought his sacrifice in faith, that means Cain did not. Could it be that's why the Ephesians writer says to us that it is by grace that you're saved through faith, not works, lest any man should boast. I'm, you say, well, why are you telling us all this, Pastor Steve? Because I'm getting ready to help you. That's why. Because not only does the mind monster in our life cause us to walk away from needed relationships, I need to point this out. I need you to understand that there's an indicator in our lives that the monster of rejection is working behind the shadows. He works in the shadows. Here it is. Rejection often leads to overcommitment. Cain is trying to do something on his own that he wasn't intended to do. Cain is trying to work for acceptance. Okay, y'all looking at me? All, uh, so let me go forward because this is all passed down now. When you don't deal with mind monsters, it's all passed down. So let me prove it to you. Let's fast forward. Now a joker, a joker, a guy by the name of Moses rolls around. Moses is an Israelite. The problem is he's born into bondage, right? The Egyptians have control over the Israelites. The Pharaoh puts word out that we're gonna kill all the Israelite babies, remember? So Moses' mother packages him up, puts him in a reed basket, put, um, anybody know their Bible? Puts him in the Nile and Pharaoh's daughter sees him, right? So now she adopts him, takes him into Pharaoh's house. Anybody with me this morning? Takes him into Pharaoh's house and they raise him as their own. So he's Israelite, but he's Egyptian. Come on now. So now he's trying to fit in. He's being trained like an Egyptian. He's, he's walking like an Egyptian. I couldn't help myself. He's educated. <laughs> he says, oh man, he's educated like an Egyptian, right? And he walks out one day and he sees an Israelite being built by one of the Egyptian slave masters and he steps in and he kills the Egyptian. He risks his own comfort, his own safety, his own acceptance to fight for who he thinks are his people, right? So now he's no longer accepted by the Egyptians. In fact, he's 
so afraid that Pharaoh will find out, he buries the body. Are y'all with me this morning? The next day, he walks out. He sees two Israelites fighting hand to hand. He steps in to try to stop them. And they look at him and say, are you going to kill us like you killed the Egyptian? Are you now the ruler over us? And all of a sudden, a mind monster rises up in Moses' life because now he's rejected by Egypt and he's rejected by the Israelites. He doesn't fit in anywhere. And you say, well, how does that, what does that, how does that matter? I need you to see what it produces in his life because this stuff just re repeats over and over again because don't you know that you can trace through forward into Moses' life and you see that rejection produces anger. So all of a sudden, Moses is coming down from the mountain carrying the very word of God in his hands. You can come to church and still have mind monsters. He's coming out of the presence of God. He's been in, a, he's been in an encounter face to face with God. He's, he's encountered him so much, he's glowing. He's glowing in the dark and he walks off the mountaintop and he sees the children of Israel sinning at the bottom of the mountain and he takes in a fit of anger, he takes the word of God and he smashes it and breaks it. Then you fast forward and now they're in the wilderness and they need a drink and God says to Moses, speak to the rock, but out of a fit of anger, Moses strikes the rock instead. And the Bible says that God said, because you disobeyed me, you will not now enter the promised land that you're leading these people towards. All I know is this, when you've got mind monster operating in your mind, your, in, your, in, in, in your heart and in your soul and in your life, it will destroy the promise of God on you unless you deal with it. And so we fast forward. Are y'all still here? We fast forward and all of a sudden they're free and Moses' father-in-law shows up. Come on now. You remember my point. Rejection causes you to overcommit. Right? So now Moses' father-in-law shows up and this is what happens. The Bible says that Moses set to judge the people and the people stood before Moses from the morning until the evening. And now when Moses' father-in-law saw all that he was doing for the people, he said, what is this thing that you're doing for the people? Why do you alone sit as judge and all the people stand before you from morning until evening? Moses said to his father-in-law, because the people come to me to inquire of God. And when they have a dispute, they come to me and I judge between someone and his neighbor and make known the statutes of God and his law. Moses' father-in-law then said to him, the thing that you are doing is not good. You will surely wear out both yourself and these people who are with you because the task is too heavy for you. You cannot do it alone. One of the indications that the mind monster of rejection is working in your life is you will try to do too much. It's the work of your hands. I will work to fit in. I will take on more than I can handle. I will burn the candle at both ends. I will put every iron in the fire in an attempt to do what? To get accepted, to fit in, to, be to get the approval of my boss, of my family, of my friends, of people I don't even like. Because we over commit. Third, rejection leads to no connection. Cain's response is this, am I my brother's keeper? That reveals no connection. I, I'm not responsible for anybody else. I, I'm so consumed by my own issues and the rejection of my life that now, here it is, I just got to do me. I'm not worried about you. I just got to do me. I'll walk away from you I'll break your heart. I will disappoint you. And I don't really care because am I my brother's keeper? I am not connected to you. 
I am not able to watch for anybody else's soul but my own. See, that's the end game of our enemy. The end game of our enemy is he wants us to deal with rejection to the point that we now refuse to connect to anybody else. I've been rejected, so now I am not comfortable. I'm no longer comfortable allowing my guard to go down so that I can get into relationship with you. I have been rejected so many times that now I have to guard my heart and I will keep you at an arm's distance. I won't confess my faults like we talked about last week and we stay sick in our mind and sick in our body because we won't connect because we've been rejected. I can tell you over the years that I've watched as people refuse to connect because someone rejected them over and over again. They refuse to do the hard work of opening up to gain entrance, to, all out of a fear of rejection. So they walk away before they can be rejected again. They remain unconnected. Listen, because of that, you live guarded instead of guided. Lord, help me. Some of you are walking through life guarded. You've built so many walls and barriers and shields up that nobody can get to you, but you're also walking life with no guidance. I'll tell you right now, if all you do is come to this church on Sunday morning, you get here late, you leave early, you don't know anybody, and nobody knows you, I can almost guarantee you that you are battling and fighting the mind monster of rejection. You just don't know it. I, 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 I'm, just, I'm just too busy, man. I got my own life to deal with. What are you doing, Steve? I'm trying to pull the covers back. Because probably 99.99.9999% of you that are operating like that have been rejected in the past and so you're here trying to get what can only be gotten when you connect. So what must we do? Because see, we've been dealing with all this stuff all this time and every time I come to this, it doesn't do me any good to reveal the mind monster to you if I don't tell you how to get rid of him. So let me help you really quick. We ain't gonna make it really quick. We ain't gonna make it. I'm just, okay, I'm gonna do this really quick, but we ain't gonna make it. All right. Rejection is destroyed by accepting the acceptance of the one that matters. Or I want you to notice Cain is told that if you would do what is appropriate. In other words, God is saying to him, if you would do what matters to the one that matters, then you will be accepted by the one that matters. Say that fast three times. If you would be consumed by being accepted by the one that matters, the rejection of everyone else would no longer matter. I just got to take you for a few moments into Luke chapter seven, where there's the perfect illustration of this. There's a woman that shows up at a house that is full. The Bible in Luke chapter seven declares that they're at Simon's house. Simon is a, is a religious person. We, we miss this stuff. Simon attends Passion Church. 
Simon is a religious person and they're at his house and Jesus is at the house and because Jesus is at the house, the Bible says that the house is full. It's elbow to elbow, shoulder to shoulder. And all of a sudden, this lady shows up. You know her by the name of Mary. Don't you remember Mary? Mary's the one that the Bible says that Jesus cast out seven demons from. And she walks into the house with an offering to present to Jesus. The only dilemma is, is that Simon's there. And Simon, the Bible says that Simon thought so little of this woman that now he begins to think little of Christ. Because in his mind, he begins to say this, if Jesus knew who this lady was, he wouldn't even have anything to do with her. In other words, Simon saying to her, I reject you. You're a sinner. You're a nobody. You're nasty. You're untouchable. You're unreachable. You're damaged. And if Jesus knew who was touching him, but the Bible says that in, in Luke chapter seven, that she passed, she pushed past everybody else's rejection and got to Jesus. And the Bible says that she took an offering of oil and she poured it on her feet, on his feet to, to anoint him. And all of a sudden, what we recognize is this, nobody else's opinion mattered. She had come to the place in her own life where she recognized if I can only get to the one, I'll get to the one. You may not like me. You may dismiss me. You may look at your, down at me over your nose and think you're better than me, but it doesn't really matter if I'm accepted by the one who matters most. Some of you could deal with the mind monster of rejection if you would attach your worth to the one that really matters. Well, brother so-and-so doesn't like me. Bro, brother so-and-so ain't Jesus. Sister, 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 sister don't like me. Sister don't have a clue who you really are. Auntie doesn't like me anymore. Auntie doesn't get a final word in this matter. The final word only comes from Jesus. And if Jesus would accept you, if he accepts you, then everybody else doesn't matter. The one that matters is the one that matters. Jesus warns us that as his disciples, rejection would take place. But if our worth is found in him, the one who created us just like we are, the one who cares for us, the one who knows us, the one that calls us, the one that loves us, then we can destroy and be unaffected by the rejection of those that don't matter. You don't have to live offended. You don't have to live angry. Can I just give you a clue this morning? You are already in. You've already been accepted. That's what matters. So Jesus looks at this woman who's dismissed the rejection of everybody else and he tells her to, to, to when she's about to leave she, he, he tells her go in peace. Peace comes when we do what matters for the one that matters. An audience of one. Number two, I just need to tell you this morning that rejection is destroyed when you reject rejection. Oh, Pastor Steve, you're just trying to be cute. No, not really. Not really. Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter 10, verses 11 and 14, that rejection will happen, but I, then he gives us the remedy. He says to reject rejection. Can you stay with me just a few more moments? Don't miss this. I, I, I did all of this to get you here. In Matthew, chapter, in Matthew chapter 10, this is what Jesus says, in whatever city or village you enter, inquire who is worthy in it. And stay at his house until, they, until you leave that city. As you enter the house, give it your greeting. If the house is worthy, see that your blessing of peace comes upon it. We're supposed to be operating in peace. We're supposed to be carriers of peace. Yeah. 
He says, but if it's not worthy, take back your blessing of peace. And whoever does not receive you nor listen to your words, as you leave that house or that city, shake the dust off your feet. Jesus is telling us the simple truth. Rejection can be rejected. So, so he tells us how to defeat this mind monster of rejection. He says, dust your feet off. In other words, Jesus is trying to teach us that some of us just need to move on. Some of us need to just keep moving. Some of us need to brush it off. Jesus knew that if you didn't do that, then the residue would become restriction. There's always residue of rejection. When somebody doesn't like you, doesn't want you, there's this residue that comes into your life. But if you just would learn to keep moving, it's just residue. It's not restriction. The, the, pain would, the pain no longer becomes a prison. Some of you would be free if you would just move on. You have to release the one who rejected you. When, when you keep moving, you're stating that the one who rejected me doesn't have the last say in my life. Okay, so Walter Payton, probably greatest running back in the history of the NFL, was for the Chicago Bears. Some of y'all not old enough, so y'all think there are some other people that are really good, but he was really good. Sweetness. When he was inducted into the Hall of Fame, a reporter pulled him off to the side and interviewed him and asked him about something that he would do on a regular basis. Because when Walter Payton would get hit really hard, he would always pop up and run back to the huddle. And this reporter asked him, why do you jump up and run back to the huddle when, when, when you've been hit so hard? Listen to his response. I had to make certain that the one who hit me didn't think he hurt me. And some of us would get over rejection if we would jump up and keep on moving. See, some, some of us, not everyone, I just need to tell you, there's, there's a lesson here. You better learn how to take a loss. Jesus is trying to teach us how to take a loss. We often come to church and want preachers to teach us how to win. But I'm telling you the great news this morning is that Jesus not only told us how to win, he also taught us how to take a loss and not be a loser. Yeah, yeah. He's telling us not everybody's going to love you. Not everybody's going to clap for you. Not everybody's going to applaud you. Not everybody's going to think the best of you. Not everybody's going to want to be best friends with you. Not everybody's going to want to sit with you at church. Not everybody's going to ask you over to their, their house for dinner three times a week. And Jesus is saying the way to deal with that is to just move on. So quit begging, quit chasing, quit pleading, and move on. Pack your stuff, take the loss, and keep moving. I don't know if y'all, I'm having problem. I'm not going to say it like that. I'm going to say it. I noticed something when, I, when I'm entering bathrooms now. There's a dilemma for me because I'm old. I've noticed that there's this newfangled technology in there. And like when you go into the bathroom, for why you're going in the bathroom, there's no handles to pull. Have y'all noticed? Okay, some of y'all don't know. Okay, so, so this newfangled, right? There's no, there's no there, I'm, I'm like, what do I do now? There's no buttons. There's no handles. What am I supposed to do? Suddenly, I realized that the only way to get it to flush 
is to walk away. <laughs> and I just came to tell somebody in the house today that when you've been rejected and when you've been refused, the only way to get it to flush out of your life is sometimes you just got to walk away. For some of you, you would find freedom in your life if you would quit standing in the front of the one that you wanted to love you that didn't love you and just walk away. For some of you, you would find freedom in your life if you'd quit standing in front of that job that I wanted to want me, that didn't want me, and instead I would just walk away and move on and all of a sudden you would recognize freedom in your life because some stuff flushed out of your life the only way to deal with rejection is to reject rejection I'll walk away I'll walk away Joseph told his brothers who sold him into slavery. This is why he could say this. He said, what you meant for evil, God meant for good. Why? Because he walked away. He let the offense go. He brushed off the rejection so that it wouldn't fester and infect. And he realized that the rejection was God's way of positioning him to be a blessing. I heard one preacher recently say it like this. He said, God will break your heart so he can blow your mind. The only way that he can do that is if you'll reject rejection. That can't happen if you allow rejection to become a monster in your life. So I'm challenging you today to do this. I'm challenging you to brush some stuff off. In fact, I, I just need to tell you this morning what I sense the Holy Spirit say this morning is that some of you need to shake off the hateful words they said about you. You need to shake off the attack on your character. You need to shake off the fact that they didn't pick you for the team. You need to shake off the fact that they chose someone else less qualified and less gifted. You need to shake off the fact that they looked at you as less than some of you. If you would simply learn what Jesus was teaching, if you would reach down and untie your shoes, you would determine and discover that now not only are you untying your shoes, you're untying your future. Because now, if you don't like me, I'm not sticking around here, brother. I'm out. You can laugh at me, ridicule me, but I'm taking my shoes off and this is what I'm doing when I'm going out the door. You didn't want my peace. You didn't want my blessing. You didn't want my relationship. Then you're not good enough for them. And I walk free into my life. I need somebody to stand up. Would you just stand up with me just for a moment? And in your own heart and in your own mind, would you just let some stuff flush out? Would you just allow the Holy Spirit to help you to reject rejection for just a few moments? Father, in Jesus' name, in this moment right here, I pray that you would help us to reject rejection. I pray in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, the one that matters, the one that matters, the only audience that matters, the only acceptance that matters, the only approval that matters in my life. Jesus, I come to you and I ask you to help me to move on. If I could just get to you, I could move on. But Steve, you don't, you don't know the words. You don't know that my parents looked at me and didn't want me. You don't know that my husband looked at me and walked out. You don't know that my wife betrayed me. You don't know that my best friend stabbed me in my back. You don't know that my confidant, the one that I trusted beyond everybody else, rejected me. You don't know. You don't know. He knows. And now you're dealing with all these other emotions, anger and offense, depression and anxiety. And it all stems from rejection. But today's your day. This moment is your moment.
make up your mind. We follow the Lord with our mind. Make up your mind that the only words of acceptance that really matters to me anymore is hearing Jesus say, you're mine. I have proof. You're in. I accept you. I love you. And Father, right now, I pray that in this quiet moment in front of your throne, that some things would be flushed. Hateful words, snobby looks, snarky comments, sarcastic statements that have been spoken over our lives. I pray that in this moment, when we make a move, it would be like the sensor goes off and everything that was spoken over us that does not line up your word with your word, I pray that in Jesus' name right now, it would be flushed out of our lives once and for all. In Jesus' name. If that's you, if you need to make a move. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.